Hey y'all, and welcome back to my podcast. Today we'll be doing chapter one of Waterfire's Saga. So, let's start. Chapter one. Wake up, child. Suffering, Cersei, I've called you five times. Have you sand in your ears this morning? Serafina woke with a gasp. Her long copper-brown hair floated wildly around her face. Her eyes, darkly green, were fearful. That thing in the cage. She could still hear its gurgling laughter, its horrible screams. She could feel its cunning and rage. She looked around, her heart pounding, certain it was here with her. But she soon saw that there was no monster in her room. Only her mother, who was every bit as terrifying. Lolling in bed today of all days, the blood ceremony, the dokimes tonight, and you've so much to do. La, Ceresi- La Serenissima Regina Isabella, ruler of Miramara, was swimming from window to window, throwing open the draperies. Sunlight filtered through the glass panes from the waters above, waking the feathery tube worms clustered around the room. They burst into bloom, daubing the walls yellow, cobalt, blue, and magenta. The golden rays warmed fronds of seaweed anchored to the floor. They shimmered in the glass of a tall glit gilt mirror and glinted off the polished coral walls. A small green octopus that had been curled up at the foot of the bed. Serafina's pet, Sylvester, darted away, disturbed by the light. Can't you cast a song spell for that, Mom? Serafina asked, her voice raspy with sleep. Or ask Tavia to do it. I sent Tavia to fetch you your breakfast, Isabella said. And no, I can't cast a song spell to open draperies, as I've told you a million times. Never waste your magic on the mundane, Serafina said. Exactly. Do get up, Serafina. The Emperor and the Empress have arrived. Your ladies are waiting for you in your antechamber? The Canta Magnus is coming to rehearse your song spell, and here you lie, as idle as a sponge, Isabella said. She battened a school of purple russes away from a window and looked out of it. The sea is so calm today. I can see the sky. Let's hope no storm blows up in, in to turn the waters. Mum, what are you doing here? Don't you have a realm to rule? Serafina asked. Certain her mother had not come here to comment on the weather. Yes, I do, thank you, Isabella said tartly. But I've left me Omar and your Uncle Valerio's capable hands for an hour. She crossed the room to Serafina's bedside, her grey silk down swirling behind her, her silver scales gleaming, her thick black hair pulled high on her head. Just look at all these conches! She explained, frowning at the pile of white shells on the floor by Serafina's bed. You stayed up last night listening, didn't you? I had to, said Serafina defensively. My term conch on Meryl's progress is due next week. No wonder I can't get you out of bed, Isabella said. She picked up one of the shells and held it to her ear. The Merovingian conquest of the barons of Tira by Professor Giovanni Balla. She said, then tossed it aside. I hope you didn't waste too much time on that one. Bala's a fool, an armchair commander. He claims the Opafago have been, con- been controlled. Total bulge. 
the opophago are cannibals, and cannibals aren't care nothing for decrees. Mero once sent a messenger to tell them they were being sanctioned, and they ate him. Serafina groaned. Is that why you're here? It's a little early in the day for electron politics. It's never too early for politics, Isabella said. It was encirclement by Miromaran soldiers, the Aqua Guerrieri, that bested the Opafago. Force, not diplomacy. Remember that. Sira, never sit down at the negotiation table with cannibals, lest you find yourself on the menu. I'll keep that in mind, Mum, Serafina said, rolling her eyes. She sat up in her bed, an enormous ivory scallop shell, and stretched. One half of the shell, thickly lined with plump pink anemones, was where she slept. The other half, a canopy, was suspended on the point of four tall Turutella snail shells. The canopy's edges were intricately carved and inlaid with sea glass and amber. Lush curtains of drop weed hung down from it. Tiny orange gobies and blue-stripped dragonets darted in and out of them. The animal's fleshly fingers clutched at Serafina as she rose. She pulled on a white sea silk robe embroidered with gold thread, capis shells and seed pearls. Her scales, which were the bright winged colour of new copper, gleamed in the underwater light. They covered her tail and her torso and complemented the darker copper shade of her hair. Her colouring was from her father, Principe Consorte Bastian, a son of the noble house of Caden in the Sea of Marmara. Her fins, a soft coral pink with green glints, were supple and strong. She had, li- she had the light body and graceful movement of a fast deep-sea swimmer. Her complexion was olive-hued and usually flawless, but this morning her face was wan and there were dark smudges under her eyes. What's the matter? Isabella asked, noticing her pallor. You're as white as a shark's belly. Are you ill? I didn't sleep well. I had a bad dream. I had a bad dream, Serafina said as she belted her robe. There was something horrible in a cage. A monster. It wanted to get out and I had to stop it, but I didn't know how. These the images came back to her as she spoke, vivid and frightening. Night terrors, that's all. Bad dreams come from bad nerves, Isabella said dismissively. The Yeli were in it. The river witches, they wanted me to come to them, Serafina said. You used to tell me stories about the Yeli. You said they were the most powerful of our kind, and if they ever summon us, we'll have to go. Do you remember? Isabella smiled. A rare occurrence? Yes, but I can't believe you do, she said. I told you those stories when you were a tiny Merle, to make you behave. I said that Yelly would call you to them and box your ears if you didn't sit still, as a well-mannered principess of the house of Merle should. It was all fraught and seemed from. Serafina knew the river witches were only make-believe, Yet they seemed so real in her dream. They were there, right in front of me, so close, and I, I could have 
reached out and touched them, she said. Then she shook her head at her foolishness. But they weren't there, of course. And I have more important things to think about today. Indeed you do. Is your song spell ready? Isabella asked. So that's why you're here, Serafina said archly. Not to wish me well or to talk about hairstyles or the crown prince or anything normal mothers would talk about with their daughters. You came to make sure I don't mess up my song spell. Isabella fixed Serena with her fierce blue eyes. Good wishes are irrelevant. So are hairstyles. What is relevant is your song spell. It has to be perfect, Sira. It has to be perfect. Serafina worked so hard at everything she did. Her studies, her song casting, her horse riding, competitions. But no matter how high she aimed, her mother's expectations were always higher. I don't need you to tell me that the courts of both Miramara and Matali will be watching, said Sira. You can't afford to put a fin wrong, and you won't as long as you don't give in to your nerves. Nerves are the foe, said her mother. Conquer them, or they'll conquer you. Remember, it's not a battle or a deadlock in the parliament. It's only a dokimi. Right, mum? Only a dokimi, said Serafina, her fins flaring. Only the ceremony in which Alitia, the sea spider, declares me of the blood or kills me. Only the one where I have to song cast as well as a canta magnus, the keeper of magic. Only the one where I take my betrothal vows and swear to give the realm my daughter someday. It's nothing to get worked up about. Nothing at all. An uncomfortable silence descended. Isabella was the first one to break it. One time, she said, I had a terrible case of nerves myself. It was when my senior ministers were aligned against me on an important trade initiative. And... Serafina cut her off angrily. Mum, can you just be a mum for once and forget you're the Regina? She asked. Isabella smiled sadly. No, Sira, she said. I can't. Her voice, usually brisk, had taken on a sorrowful note. Is something wrong? Serafina asked, suddenly worried. What is it? Did the Matalis arrive safely? She knew that outlaw bands often preyed upon travellers in lonely stretches of water. The worst of them, the predatory, was known to steal everything of value, currency, jewellery, weapons, even the hippocamps, the travellers rode. The Matalis are perfectly fine, Isabella said. They arrived, they arrived last night. Tavia saw them. She says they're well, but weary. Who wouldn't be? It's a long trip from the Indian Ocean to the Adriatic Sea. Serafina was relieved. It wasn't, the o- it wasn't only the crown prince and his parents, the emperor and empress, who were in, Matal- who were in the Matalin travelling party, but also Nila, the crown prince's cousin. Nila was Serafina's very best friend, and she was longing to see her. 
Serafina spent her day surrounded by people, yet she was only lonely. She was always lonely. She could never let her guard down around her court or her servants. Nila was the only one with whom she could really be herself. Did Desiderio ride out to welcome them? she asked. Isabella hesitated. Actually, your father went to meet them, she finally said. Why? I thought Des was supposed to go, said Serafina, confused. She knew her brother had been looking forward to greeting the Matalis. He and Mahdi, the crown prince, were old friends. Desiderio has been deployed to the western borders with four regiments of Aquaguerrieri, said Isabella bluntly. Serafina was stunned and frightened for her brother. When? What? She said. Late last night, at your uncle's command. Valerio's, Valerio, Isabella, Isabella's brother, was Miro Mara's high commander. His authority was second only to her own. Why? Sira asked alarm. A regiment contained 3,000 guerrieri. The threat at the western border must be serious for her uncle to have sent so many soldiers. We received word, word of another raid on Aquabella, a village off the coast of Sardinia, Isabella said. How many were taken? Serafina asked, afraid of the answer. More than 2,000, Isabella turned away, but not before Serafina saw the unshed tears shimmering in her eyes. The raids had started a year ago. Six Miromaran villages had been hit so far. No one knew why the villagers were being taken or where, or who was behind the raids. It was as if, it was as if they'd simply vanished. Were there any witnesses this time? Serafina asked. Do you know who did it? Isabella, composed now, turned back to her. We don't. I wish to the gods we did. Your brother thinks it's the Terragogs. The humans? It can't be. We have protective sun spells against them. We've had them since the Mer were created 4,000 years ago. They can't touch us. They've never been able to touch us, Serafina said. She shuddered to think of the consequences if humans ever learned how to break song spells. The mare would be hauled out of the oceans by thousands in brutal nets. They'd be bought and sold, confined in small tanks for the gog's amusement. Their numbers would be decimated like t the tunas and the cods. No creature from land or sea was greedier than the treacherous terragogs. Even the vicious Opafago only took what they could eat. The gogs took everything. I don't think it's the humans, Isabella said. I told your brother so, but a large trawler was spotted in the waters, close to Aquabella, and he's convinced it's involved. Your uncle believes Ondalinas behind the raids, and that they're planning to attack Crulea, or our royal city as well. So, he sent the regiment as a show of strength on our western border. This was sobering news. Ondalina, the realm of the Arctic Mare, was an old enemy. 
it had waged war against Miramara and lost a century ago and had simmered under the terms of the peace agreement ever since. As you know, the Ondalinians broke the Permutavi, the peace agreement, three months ago, Isabella said. Your uncle thinks Admiral Colfin did it because he wished to derail your, betro- your betrothal to the Mataline crown prince and offer his daughter, Astrid, to the Matalis instead. An alliance with Matali is every bit as valuable to them as it is to us. Serafina was worried to hear of Ondalina's scheming, and she was surprised and flattered that her mother was discussing it with her. Maybe we should postpone the dokimi, she said. You could call a council of the six waters instead to caution Ondalina. Emperor Bilal is already here. You'd only have to summon the president of Atlantica, the elder kin, and the queen of the fresh waters. Isabella's troubled expression changed to one of impatience, and Serafina knew she'd said the wrong thing. The dokimi cannot be postponed. The stability of our realm depends on it. The moon is full and the tides are high. All preparations have been made. A delay could play right into Colfin's hands, Isabella said. Serafina, desperate to see approval in her mother's eyes, tried again. What if we sent another regiment to the western border? She asked. I listened to this conch last night. She quickly sorted through the shells on her floor. Here it is. Uh, this course is on defense. It says that a show of force alone can be enough to deter an enemy and that Isabella cut her off. You can't learn to rule a realm by listening to conches. But mom, a show of force worked in the upper fargo in the barrens. You settled yourself five minutes ago. Yes, it did, but that was an entirely different situation. Cerulia was not under the threat of race then, so Mero could afford to move her guerrilla out of the city to the barons. And as I hope you know by now, Sierra's six regiments are currently garrisoned here in the capital. We've already sent four to the western border with Desiderio. If we send another, we leave ourselves with only one. Yes, but... What if the races who've been attacking our villages attack Cerulia instead, and we only have one regiment? of Gwebri left here to defend ourselves and the Matalis. But we have your personal guard too. The Janissari, Serafina said, her voice, like her hopes of impressing her mother, growing fainter. Isabella flapped a hand at her, another thousand soldiers at most, not enough to mount an effective defence. Think, Serafina, think. Ruling is like playing chess. Danger comes from many directions, from a pawn as well as a queen, you must play the board, not the piece. You're only hours away from being declared heiress of the Miramarin throne. You must learn to think. I am thinking. God's mom, why are you always so hard on me? Serafina shouted. Because your enemies will be a thousand times harder, Isabella shouted back. Another painful silence fell between mother and daughter. It was broken by a frantic pounding. Enter, Isabella barked. The doors to Serafina's room swung open. A page, one of Valerio's, swam inside. He bowed to both mermaids, then addressed Isabella. My lord Valerio sent me to fetch you to, to your straight rooms, your grace. Why? There were reports of another grade. 
Isabella's hands clenched into fists. Tell your lord I'll be there momentarily. The page bowed and left the room. Serafina started towards her mother. I'll, I'll go with you, Seraph, she said. Isabella shook her head. Ready yourself for tonight, she said tersely. It must go well. We desperately need this alliance with Matali, now more than ever. Mom, please! But it was too late. Isabella had already swum out of Sira's bedchamber. She was gone. Hi all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. Next time we'll be starting chapter 2. I hope you enjoy guys. And if you do, make sure to follow me to see more of my episodes on Waterfire Saga Deep Blue. I hope you have a nice week. I hope you have a nice week and goodbye.